Welcome back. This is the soft count. So the NBA playoffs have become completely clear, and two stars, to me, have completely emerged fully. At least one of them has fully. I'm pretty sure both have. Jason Tatum and Luka Doncic. Uh, These two guys are hopefully the future of the NBA. Uh, It's funny. I, I was complaining about this maybe on my first podcast about comps and how people always compare, like, white guys the white guys it always happens in the nfl you know it it just it never fails if you're like a white wide receiver they're always going to be like well he could be like julian edelman or wes welker it's like even if you're like a speed guy on the outside it doesn't matter the comp always ends up happening one of the comps i hear people compare and honestly one of my favorite my favorite person on television right now shannon sharp i love him he's one of the best just like fun people, I follow him on Instagram. I just like him. I like I like everything about him. I'm not a fan of Skip, like most people. And then uh, I like Colin, obviously. But Shannon even does this. He calls him Baby Bird. Everybody, everybody calls him. The comp is like, well, he's kind of like Larry Bird. And it's like, no, he's not. He's nothing like Larry Bird. Until Steph Curry, Larry Bird was considered one of the greatest three point shooters ever. And Luka Doncic, only this year, Luka has really kind of flourished at the three-point line. He struggled in the past. He was in the 30% for a while. He's done better, and I really love watching him play. But the LeBron James comparison is actually a lot more similar. He's not as explosive. He runs like a slower game. He plays the position like Le'Veon Bell used to run the ball. He is so patient. He just gets up there and waits for you to blow it, and then he makes his move. And uh, that, that's my comp, right? But he, he is more like LeBron James. He's just white. And people you know, want to compare him to every white guy they can think of that was talented, but there's never been a white guy like Luka Doncic. So stop saying he's like Larry Bird. He's not like Larry Bird. Larry didn't have handles like Luka. He didn't. And Luka couldn't shoot like Larry. They're just different. They're just, and they play different positions. Like it's just totally different to me. I don't get it. Lucas, you know, really big. He's like six eight or some shit, you know, and he plays point guard. Excuse me, my allergies are getting out of control, boy. The, the trees are a blooming, and it's killing me. I mowed the grass today, and I am, I'm all fucked up. <clears throat> anyway, yeah, LeBron. I, I I do like the LeBron comp because he is basically a forward running the point, which is much more accurate. He's a better shooter than LeBron was. He's not as, and then LeBron's more explosive than he is. It, you know, there's obviously nothing's going to be perfect, but that's a closer comp, honestly, than than Larry Bird. All that being said, Luca has shined brighter than everybody this playoffs, and there's always something to be said about that. It's like the uh, March Madness. There's always a guy that shines brighter than everybody else. And it appears this year it's Luca, and he is awesome. And I've always liked him, but there's always been some holes in the game that kind of drive me crazy. And uh, you know, he he's seems to have kind of covered up a lot of that. Man, if he comes in shape next year too, like why why aren't you jacked like Tyler Hero? Just get jacked. You don't have a a Jokic body, like <laughs> you've got a body that can get jacked. I can tell. You just got to work really hard. Might as well. Why not? You're making millions. You're already arguably the best player in the NBA. You can't tell me he's not. 
when you're scoring like 40 and 50 points every game in the playoffs and nobody else is, you're the new best player. Everybody was waiting to say Kevin Durant's the new best player. Everybody, that's the thing. It's like, when is LeBron not the best player? And at certain points, people have said Steph Curry. Like, oh, maybe Steph Curry's the best. He's not because LeBron, here, here's what happens. And this is what I worry about with Dallas. I, I've been on the Golden State train thinking they're just going to walk through, especially if they faced Phoenix. I was, like, super confident. If they get if they get Phoenix, they are going to murder them. But Dallas did it first. And uh, one of the things I worry about with Dallas is they can do what LeBron did to Steph Curry, which is – in, in today's game in the NBA, you can get whatever matchup you want. You, teams just switch, like, no problem. Like, the defense just does what you want them to do in, in today's modern NBA. Nobody fights through fights through picks. They just switch. Except maybe Miami. Miami might do it. They do some. So, does, so do the Celtics a little bit. But mostly everybody just switches. And Golden State definitely does. And so one of the things you're going to see, everyone's like, well, Draymond will just – we'll put Draymond on Luka. Yeah, until he just, like, they run a pick, and and now they have Curry on him. And here's what's going to happen. You get Curry on you, you can do whatever you want. You can shoot it because he's not big enough. Or you can just run him over. And what LeBron has done in the past is run him over, get the layup, and one. Every time. He just gets – it's a foul. It's crazy. And so that is the path to victory for Dallas, where they they can just get whatever matchup they want for Luka – you know, everyone's like, "Well, it'll, Draymond's going to help." It's like, no, <laughs> he won't, because they'll just switch, and it's no, it's nothing. So that worries me about Golden State. What worries me about Dallas is that Luca is the only one that can make threes, and in the past he hasn't always been consistent. Has he crossed the bridge where he's like, "I'm always consistent now. I'm the shit"? Maybe, but if Golden State starts raining threes from everywhere, everywhere, nobody can beat them when they're doing that shit. When they're on and everybody's making threes, there's nothing anyone can do. It's just too many points too fast. It's like a goddamn avalanche. It just starts, and all of a sudden you're down by 15. It's crazy. They're the only team in the NBA I've ever seen that'll just all of a sudden go on like a 17-point run in less than like two minutes. It's like, boom, three. They come back down. Steph Curry fast break, three. It's just insane. It's never happened. It's never probably going to be duplicated because it's so hard to find guys that can all shoot like that. A lot of the reason that works is because guys like Clay Thompson can and Steph, they can both catch and shoot without dribbling. And that is two different skills. Being able to dribble and shoot like Curry does and, and Kyrie Irving, Dame Lillard, those guys like dance around and then get their shot open and then they take the shot. And then there's guys like Ray Allen who come off a screen, catch the ball, and shoot. They never put the ball on the ground. And that's like another skill set. It's harder. It, it's not harder. It's just it's uh, they're two different things. And Steph and Clay can do both. And it's almost unguardable. It's like it is unguardable. You're hoping they miss. That's it. <laughs> it's crazy. But with Luka, he might be able to get Curry into some foul trouble early. And I don't think they have anybody that can guard him. He's just going to be a one-man show. Can Luka be like LeBron and drag a team to the finals? That's what we're about to witness. Are we going to witness that shit? And that's what we used to say about LeBron, you know, witness. That's everybody, you know, it, it, was. it was. You were witnessing greatness. It was like, holy shit, this guy has the worst team ever, and he just keeps going to the finals with him. But Luka's got to go out, come out of the West, which means – he might hit a wall because LeBron hit the Golden State wall where it's like, I can't do it by myself. 
I can almost do it by myself. Luca might hit that wall in the in the conference finals for a while where it's like I can almost beat these guys, but I can't get over the hump. I also don't see him doing the KD thing. You know, he's going to stay where he's at. Who's going to come play with Luca is the question. If I were LeBron, I'd just be like, man, I'm going to go to Dallas. That's not that far. <laughs> I'm going to go over there. Fuck it. Luca can carry the ball. I, if I were LeBron, and I love LeBron, all the LeBron haters, I don't get it. I love Michael too. I love all the great players. I just always have. There's never been – I mean, I just do. They're just all sweet. <laughs> NBA is awesome, and LeBron's dope. I mean, I've never seen anything like him. Luca's coming along. It's like, wow, he might, he might be like that, but he'll never be as explosive. So, you know, if I'm LeBron, it's like – I think I just moved to inside. I play the four and five for the latter part of my career. That's what I would do if I were LeBron in clutch sports. You know, he could go – if he went back to Cleveland and played center and Mobley played the four, can you imagine with with Darius Garland now and then Colin Sexton coming back? That would be sick. Or LeBron playing the the five for Dallas with Luka. So he just doesn't have to – he just wouldn't have to control the ball anymore. And he wouldn't have to be shooting threes unless he felt like it. He'd be the most dominant center ever. He'd be undersized, but who cares? It's LeBron. No, but he's not undersized against anybody, really. He's just so big and strong and vertical, even at his age, vertical. That's <laughs> crazy. But I think we got a really cool series with Dallas and Golden State. I think we're in for a really nice treat, and we might see the the birth of a new superstar. I mean, really, a superstar. If Luka gets through Golden State and is in the finals with that team, I mean, I didn't even, I don't even remember ever seeing Spencer Dinwiddie play before this season. Really, I mean, I knew, I knew his name, I knew he was in the league, I knew he's been playing, but I just never noticed him. He's had a couple nice performances, which they've needed, but that's the only other guy I can even mention on that team. I don't. That team is nobody's, and Luca, who's baller, it's crazy, and we might be in for a really nice, nice treat out east tonight. I got some bets for t- uh, for tonight. Uh, some best bets. Best bets. <laughs> uh, so I'm looking at some of the pl- player player props for tonight, and we've got the Celtics and Jason Tatum. They've got his over under set around like 25, which I think is really low. I mean, I would go over all day. I think it was like, I think 25 or 26 points was minus 120. And so, I mean, if you're into that, that's like a really safe, nice bet. But for Jason Tatum to go 35 points tonight, that's plus 210. I like it. He's going to have to get 35 every night. And that's totally doable. Here's my thing with Jason. Can you be like Luka and do it every night? Luka doesn't have an off night anymore. Jason Tatum is every bit as talented, more explosive, more athletic than Luka, but not consistent like Luka. But those are the two stars right now that are ascending in the playoffs as we watch. Obviously, Curry's awesome. Everybody knows Curry's awesome. He's still in the playoffs, which is cool. But he isn't even putting on performances that are like jaw-dropping. Since he went, since that three-point record, ever since then, he's struggled a little bit from the three-point line. It's not as impressive. He's obviously still great. I, I mean, I'm not even trying to shit on him at all. I'm just saying the two stars that everybody's watching us end right now, Jason Tatum, Luka Doncic. Now, Luka is consistent. Jason is not. Now, if Jason can be consistent in this series, I don't see why they can't beat Miami. I just don't see how they couldn't. The big problem they're going to have is they've got there's a couple players on the Heat that they don't have a really nice matchup for. 
with the Celtics. They just don't. One of those guys is this new emerging player, Max Struess. There's nobody matches up with him and PJ Tucker for the Celtics very well at all. They don't. I mean, Jimmy Butler. You got Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum that can both guard him. Al Horford can and Grant Williams can work together on Bam Adebayo. It sounds silly, but Max Struess has been scoring 20 points a game basically, and throughout the playoffs, he's been really effective. And he's big and strong, and you know that he's going to be a problem for for them. His over-under is 13 points, by the way. Watch out for him to get 19. 13 points at minus 115. That's a nice player prop for Matt Struess. I really like that. So that's one. Jason Tatum at 35 points is plus 210. I really like that. And then at plus 600, which is crazy, is the uh, three to six points winning uh, margin. Celtics by three to six points is plus 600. I think that's likely. Uh, That's actually probably the most likely thing. The, the three to six point margin is the most common margin. And I know that just by looking at the odds every week. It's the lowest. And so you get the Heat by three to six points at plus 550 or the Celtics by three to six points plus 600. I think both of those are probably pretty likely tonight. I don't see another blowout coming. I'm hoping not. There's been some blowouts in this playoffs, which is kind of a bummer. It kind of kills the vibe. But the playoffs have been overall really awesome. It's just that, you know, the last few rounds have been some blowouts. And some of that's Philly and, and Phoenix. They they just dropped the ball big time. Even the Celtics dropped the ball in one of the games last in the last series. So three to six points, I think that's likely tonight. I think we're going to have a tight matchup, plus 600. And we got, let's see, P.J. Tucker is over or under seven and a half points. That's a couple threes for him. I'll take the over at minus 129. Jason Tatum at 26 and a half at minus 121. I'm going the over on that easily. That's an easy bet you can make. And then um, Tyler Hero, 14 and a half points at minus 100. I take the over on that too. They're going to need Tyler Hero to score 20 points if they're going to even have a chance. And he's going to have to play more minutes. They're just going to need him more. So those are some pretty nice player props. Al Horford, over 10.5 points is minus 112. I like that. He's been stroking it from three lately. Yeah, I actually really like that. Al Horford, over 10.5 points, minus 112. Give me 14 tonight, Al. They need it. So, yeah, the NBA playoffs start tonight. Well, the the conference finals start tonight. I'll be watching. Don't forget to, um, you know, subscribe, like, at the soft count on Instagram. Hit me up on there. I'll have some, I've got some actually some questions saved up now. I was kind of letting them build up a little bit because I just don't have that many people that are hitting me up on Instagram yet. Uh, But when you do, I'll, you know, I'll answer some of them online. We've done a couple on air now. I'll do some more in the future. But uh, I'll be watching the NBA tonight. It's going to be sick. Can't wait. So there's a really interesting event this weekend for UFC. Uh, a couple fighters I haven't seen in a while, and a couple I'm always keeping an eye on. But mostly, the biggest surprise is, is Holly Holm. This fight kind of just crept up on me out of nowhere. I had kind of forgot about her. Uh, she just doesn't seem to fight as much anymore. And she's fighting Catlin Vieira. Catlin is mean. 
I think we might be in for one of the bloodiest fights we've seen in a while. Both of these women can draw blood. <laughs> they are vicious. I can't wait. Holly's got amazing strikes. Her kicks are probably her and and uh, Valentina probably have two of the you know the best kicks in the women's division. I know some people want to say Rose, but I think I think everybody's off the Rose train now, right? Like she is not a fighter. I mean, she's she's just not not right now. Anyway, Holly Holm always delivers, always a banger, always works really hard uh, for her age and her body. T- uh, she's always in shape, never disappoints. Her fights are always fun. Catlin Vieira is kind of one of these up and comers. Her striking is really violent. She's got really long arms and she's really tall. She's not ripped like Holly Holmes is, but she's big and strong. That is a problem going forward for her. She needs to be in better shape for fights. Uh, but like I said, her striking's elite. Her punching's elite. She's going to struggle with the kicks from Holly, though, and Holly's going to try to keep her at range and kick her as much as she can, take her legs out, kick her, you know, go for that high kick into the head. She, that's what she's going to be doing the whole time. And so Catelyn's going to have to close the distance and try to strike with her. It's going to be fun. Catelyn Vieira is plus 190. My only concern with that is Catelyn's been fighting a lot, and Holly is not. And so Holly at minus 250, watch out for an upset there. I know Holly's a pro, and she was the champ. But iron sharpens iron, and Holly hasn't been very active lately. So she's a little – I think the odds there, there's some money to be made. Pollyanna's fighting this weekend. I always tune in for her. And then uh, – in the earlier night, this earlier night, there's a there's a really weird fight. There's a minus 700 fight. Jailton Jr. against Parker Porter. That's just, like I said before, those are the fights that I just circle right off the bat. Why? Because I haven't seen Jailton Jr. fight, and I don't know, ever, maybe. I, I don't recognize that name. I haven't even looked into the fight yet. I was just kind of looking over the card. We'll do a... Friday night pickums, obviously, and we'll get. I'll do some more research on all the fighters, but minus seven hundred and fifteen for this guy, for a per, for a name I just don't see come up very often. For somebody that gambles every single weekend, and my memory is very sharp. I remember numbers and names. I just don't see. I haven't seen that name in the last two years. I feel like on the betting slips. I just. I, I don't know. So maybe when I see his face, it'll pop into my mind like, oh yeah, that guy. But minus seven hundred and fifteen. That is. Noteworthy. I see. I don't know how many times I see an upset that's like that. Just crazy. Uh, and then Michel Pereira is fighting. He's always fun. Uh, minus one twenty-five for him. So a nice little event this weekend, especially if you're into making money. There's some crazy, crazy odds. That's not the only fight. There's a couple other minus two hundred, plus two hundred fights. Eric Anders is plus one seventy this weekend. That'll be something to keep an eye on. We'll talk more about that going forward. I just wanted to kind of bring, mostly talk about Holly Holmes and Catlin Vieira. That's that's the that's the fight of the night. This is an early card, by the way. The fights start at four o'clock on Saturday, which is always fun for me because it just allows you to get your kind of your gambling night started a little bit early, and then uh, the main event will be at eight twenty. So early night, be done by ten o'clock. I don't know. I haven't seen Holly fight in a while. I feel like. She's going to have her hands full. Catelyn Vieira is probably one of the better female strikers I've seen in a while. 
and she's kind of mauls people. She's got like, she kind of does this, I walk forward and throw straights at your face. That's kind of her move, which, you know, whatever. It's not, it's, if, if Holly's still as technical and talented as she used to be, it won't be a problem for her. But as we've seen now with all athletes across all leagues, you look at Chris Paul, you look at James Harden, people just fall off a cliff in the in sports. It's unexplainable. I mean, for my entire childhood, Peyton Manning was considered the greatest player to ever step on the field. And then like one year, it was like, holy shit, he just throws ducks. I mean, they're kind of accurate, but they're still just ducks. It was bad watching it. He just couldn't throw anymore. Off a cliff. Done. Drew Brees last year couldn't throw it like past 15 yards to in, on on a with any accuracy. Done. Holly Holmes or Holly Holm, I haven't seen her fight in a while. Is she still is she done or not? I don't know. It's like that Elaine Patrick guy. Like he was clearly done last that last weekend. He he had no no business getting in the ring anymore. Diego Sanchez. There's just a couple it's like so clear. Like you shouldn't be doing this anymore. And with fighting there's like a, a really big danger. Same with football. There's a big danger. If, if you're not up to snuff, you're going to probably get hurt. Maybe not so much in the NBA and other sports, the fall off. Like James Harden, he's not hurt out there, getting hurt or life-threatening shit out there, but he just can't score and do what he used to do. He can't blow by people. And in fighting, when you slow down in fighting and you just kind of lose your chin, there's nothing you can do. You're, you're you're out there on your own. There, nobody can help you. Nobody can cover up any mistakes. That's the thing. In one-on-one sports, nobody's there to help cover up your mistakes. And that's makes that's what makes to me boxing, tennis, just sports like that where it's like me versus you, so intriguing. I actually really like tennis. I know I've never talked about tennis on here, but I watch tennis pretty often. When I was a kid, I liked the tennis video games, and so I kind of got started with that and then it kind of led into me following a couple tennis players and I just liked it. It was like, holy shit, is there anybody more athletic than tennis players? I remember asking myself that years ago. Like, Some of these matches just go on and on and on. They just never end. A couple years ago, I watched some guy that was like 6'10 play for three days in a single match. Like, They just kept going. It's really amazing. Tennis players' endurance is just out of control. Same with... Uh, you know, professional boxers going 12 rounds, guys that you just never see lose gas. It's just incredible. And the pressure of single combat or, you know, single non-team sports, it's just the pressure is enormous. There's nothing else to look at other than you. <laughs> and that's what makes it so intense. Everyone wonders why free throws are intense. You should, they're free. It's like, yeah, they're free, except nobody's. it's just me up here and everybody in the world or everybody watching this sport right now in the arena, on TV, if both teams are just looking at me, just me. And that's where the mental game comes in. And with fighting and tennis, even a pitcher in baseball, you're just so alone all the time. If a pitcher's really having a lot of success, the team, if, if, a, if a pitcher's pitching a no-hitter, he goes into the dugout and sits in the corner and nobody talks to him for the whole game. Like, what? I'm balling the fuck out and nobody's going to talk to me? I just have to sit over here by myself? It's just so crazy. And, and fighting, you got these corner men all kind of talk to you after and tell you what they're seeing. 
but ultimately you're in there and, and you're on your own. And so if you fall off a cliff and fighting, uh, it can be very, very dangerous. And Holly, I haven't seen her really show any signs of that. It's just that the league caught up to her. She got a little bit older. And uh, she should have no problem with Catlin Vieira this weekend. There should be no problem. But I'm telling you now, she's going to have a problem. Watch out. It'll be a good fight. Once I see everybody weigh in and I got to get an idea, I'll, I'll give you my picks. But I'm excited about that. Spanish Grand Prix this weekend, if you're a Formula One fan. It's a good race. Leclerc and Verstappen are both plus 125 this weekend. Technically, Leclerc is plus 125. Max is plus 135. Here's why that's interesting. For the last three weeks now, Max has been faster than Leclerc. Red Bull's car in a straight line is blazing. And like I said before, anytime somebody's got straight line speed, usually they're doing something they shouldn't be. And so watch out for that coming into the season. They're gonna people are gonna start asking for you know investigations into the Red Bull car. The only reason that hasn't happened yet is because uh, Cyril from uh, Renault's gone. He would have been all over that shit. Some of these other people will just kind of like bow down to Christian, and and they're all scared of him. But you know, even even Mac. Brown or what? What's the guy's name? Mac Brown? Not Mac Brown. Zach Brown for uh, McLaren. Like even he kind of like shines the shoes for Christian and, and the Red Bull team. I feel like that everybody's kind of afraid of him. And uh, so yeah, that they, they, hopefully somebody steps up to the plate and says, "Yo, we need to look at their car because out of nowhere, in the first two weeks they were not that fast, and then out of nowhere they're they're significantly faster, like 15 miles an hour faster than everybody else on the straights. That's a lot. And Max being not favored as to win the race, he's probably going to win. Right now, Ferrari's kind of reeling. They're not as fast. And so if you watch the last two races, they have struggled, and Max is not struggling. His car is faster. His car is faster than his teammate's car. And he's not like he's not driving especially well. It's not like him and Leclerc can both get it done equally. They're both A plus behind the wheel. And then out of nowhere, one week Max's car is just like this much faster. It's pretty crazy. So I'm taking him at plus one thirty five. I think Max is probably going to get this done. We might be looking at a two time world champ, which would be interesting. I didn't have I haven't had a lot of time to talk about this. But I wanted to, for the you know couple Formula One fans, I see I have some fans from around the world now. They're probably here for Formula One, which is which is dope. I love it. If you hate Lewis Hamilton, you probably hated Tom Brady. I hated Tom Brady. <laughs> you know, I just stopped that one day. I was like, I just can't hate this guy. He's too good. Lewis Hamilton's probably like the most hated dude in all sports. If you get online and you're on Reddit. I've never seen somebody so hated. He is the, I don't know why. I mean, some of it is his own fault. In an era where everybody's very open and has internet access, he seems to be, he seems to keep his circle very closed. And he doesn't have like a big family. He's not married with kids. And so he hasn't really opened up an Instagram in that way. You do see him kind of jet setting around the world and just doing 
crazy glamorous shit from time to time, but he's always you never really know what he's like. And Tom uh, Tom Brady rebranded himself in the last two years with Instagram. The dude is just like liked now. Everybody likes Tom Brady. He was he was legit the villain of the NFL for I don't know how long, and then and now he's not. <laughs> now everybody loves him. And a lot of that's just because he's opened up. You got to kind of find out more about this guy. You don't you realize that he is a little bit more human. Some of the things he cares about, you care about. With Lewis Hamilton, I have no idea. Like it appears that we have nothing in common at all. Which is odd because out of all the drivers on the on the grid, he really didn't come from a, a super rich family. Like him and his dad built their car. Like built their, built his cart when he was a kid, and like had to work on it and find parts and fucking steel used wheels and shit for their cart. Like they were not, he's not like a rich kid growing up like George Russell and Max Verstappen and Leclerc and all these guys. I mean Pierre Gasly, Alex Albon, these kid, these are all rich kids. Mick Schumacher, Nicholas Latifi. I mean every one of them. There's not a single person on the grid that is a self-made man except Lewis Hamilton. And he doesn't use that to his advantage at all. He he appears out of all these people to be the most out of touch with you, which is very which is like crazy to me. But as a fan of sports in general, I typically don't give a shit about people. I just like watching them perform. I don't care what it is that you like, dislike, who you are. It just doesn't. It's never been what I because I watch too many sports. I watch so many sports that if I cared. To find out everything about every person that I've ever seen in sports, first of all, is like, it'd be impossible because I watch all, like tonight I'm watching basketball. This weekend I'll be watching fights and this race and basketball. I'll watch all of it. And so there's not a lot of time for me to get on Instagram and like bitch about Lewis feeding his dog a vegan diet. Like I just don't care. (laughs) I'm sure Lewis's dog is living a pretty fucking nice life. So if you're a big dog person, which I am, I've had, I always have dog. I got two dogs right now, but, uh. You know, I just don't care. <laughs> it like doesn't bother me. Some people get mad about his tax shit. Like that's just like rich people stuff that I don't know anything about because I'm a poor person. And so when people start bitching about like rich people problems, like I, I just don't even I don't know. I can't relate. And with Lewis, it appears he doesn't do anything that I can relate to. And even and this is a, coming from a musician, and he claims to be into music. It just doesn't feel the same. I have no idea what that guy is like. It all feels like he's crafted this perfect thing kind of like Michael Jordan and he protects it at all cost which is you know whatever it's fine but it it also creates a lot of people that don't like you because they don't understand you and you're really successful and most people are jealous me I think you're fucking sweet I love having a black dude in Formula One with fucking tattoos and earrings and shit like dominating I thought it was awesome is it over probably Mercedes is about to go through a big change. And Lewis, he's been around so long, I just don't know if he, is he still into it. I, I don't know. I don't know if Lewis is going to want to build it up again. I have no idea. But they're so far off, this season's a wash. And so what, what do you do if you're Lewis? Do you move on? Do you go to a new team? I have no idea. But... I think it's time to do maybe some new rebranding for himself and maybe let people will like you more. Overall, the race this weekend should be exciting. Last weekend's race was was trash. I know there's a lot of Drive to Survive fans that are really trying to get into the sport 
And then for the American race to be so just ugly overall and kind of disorganized and I don't know. It just wasn't a great race for America last week, which was a bummer because they had a lot of new people watching. A lot of new people watching. And ESPN, when you go to their website, like they mentioned Formula One on the front page now. I hear people talking, I hear people mention Lewis Hamilton's name on other stations that talk about football now. Like people are starting to mention, when, when you start hearing Colin like mention Formula One and Joy Taylor going to the race, like you know that the sport is on the rise in the States. So that Miami race was really important. And the people that put it on and the powers that be down there really fucking blew it. The race had no business being around the goddamn NFL stadium. It needed to be by the fucking beach. <laughs> they blew it. And I think they lost, They you know, might, they didn't quite grab a lot of the fans that they wanted to grab there at that race. And that, that kind of sucked. And a lot of it was just where they had it. Like, why did you guys have it in a parking lot around the fucking stadium for the Dolphins? It's like inland. It's like 95 fucking degrees with no weather, no ocean, no breeze. Why why, why, why would you do it there? So stupid. Yeah, I like Max at plus 135 this weekend. If you want to take a wild card on a crazy weekend, there's always somebody. Somebody comes up, and I'm telling you, Lando is right there. Lando, to get his first win, would be plus 4,900. But like I said, you would need Max's car to break down and Charles to spin out, and then Lando's got a shot. But McLaren's been really fast. But Ferrari and Red Bull are a different kind of fast right now. I'm not sure anybody can catch them. We'll see. And uh, overall, you know, last night was a bummer. <laughs> Nothing on TV at all. Just sitting there wishing, like, what am I? They put the last dance on TV, and then I just ended up going to Netflix and starting it over and watching it from the beginning. <laughs> Michael's so fucking sweet. Uh, it's just a, an era where, and, and a dude that just didn't care about making friends, which is kind of me. I'm a loner. Never had a lot of friends. Got a couple friends, uh, but not not many. Never have. Just I've never really been that liked. I I don't know. I don't know why. <laughs> I'm an acquired taste. Anyway, I've been watching a little of the uh, NHL playoffs. Been pretty sweet. I played hockey for years growing up. It was like one of the sports I was actually pretty good at. And um, I've just never enjoyed watching it unless I have a, a player I like or on a team that I like. I'm in Columbus, right? And, and the Blue Jackets are the team here. And a couple years ago... <laughs> I've never liked the Blue Jackets, mostly because I played hockey growing up and they weren't a real team yet. They, they, that Columbus didn't have a team and I lived here. So I grew up liking other teams. And then when Columbus got its own team, and I'm kind of one of these guys, if I move, I just sort of, it's like you have to watch the teams in the area that you live in. I'm, I refuse to pay the NFL $400 a season to watch whatever game I want. I just won't do it. The Red Zone's dope. That's basically that's what I'll pay for. I pay like five bucks or whatever to watch Red Zone, which is sick. But like the Sunday ticket and shit, like I'm not paying for that. And so I typically watch the teams in my wherever I'm at. So if I were to move to Miami next year, I'd probably become a Dolphins fan. Not do I have ties to the North and like the Browns and yeah, I have ties to the West too. I kind of like the you know. Well now it's now it's in Las Vegas the Raiders, but you know I. I 
being from out west, like I like I like those teams. I just don't watch them. And so I, I adapt to wherever my situation is. Being in Columbus, this is the one time I didn't do that. I just never liked the team name. And when they first came in, the Columbus Blue Jackets were they had a fucking blue bumblebee. And I was like, what is this? I don't even know what the fuck this is. Like it was so confusing to me as a kid because I didn't understand the Blue Jackets was like a fucking Civil War reference. And mostly as a kid, I didn't realize that because they never called them. You hear the term red coat when you're a kid, right? The red coats are coming. But I never heard blue jacket growing up. That wasn't a term that, that like, in history class that they tell you about. And so right off the bat as a kid, I'm like, I don't know what the blue jackets are. And then they show me a blue bumblebee. And I'm thinking, like, oh, yellow jacket, but it's blue. And I'm sitting there like, why? Is it why? <laughs> why aren't they just the yellow jackets? Like, I didn't understand the reference. Mostly because of the fucking mascot. And now they've they've adapted, you know. They got this cannon on their shirt and they blast a cannon off in the arena. And that's cool, whatever. I just, as a kid, when they first showed up, I was like, this sucks. I'm not into that. That's the dumbest logo. That's the dumbest name. No. And then a couple years ago, they made a run. And that was the first time that I really started watching them play. And mostly because they had a player that I, I ended up falling in love with. I, I thought his game was so awesome and that was Artemi Panarin and he left <laughs> obviously because Columbus is whatever and so he left and he's you know I've, I just stopped following him and I saw him play a little bit I, you know if I'm switching through and he's on and I think he's on the Rangers or something you know I'll stop and watch it but they're just not on TV that much playoffs are on I've watched some good games I watched Boston lose which was pretty sweet that was a fun series there was like some violence in that series. Those guys are those guys are tough. I just my biggest issue with hockey is that it doesn't translate well to television. It never has. Fun sport to play, not a fun sport to watch for me. 4K television, HD television helps. HD television changed baseball forever. I I didn't like watching baseball as a kid. I mean, I watched it but you can't if you were to go back and really think about what you were watching on an old TV and but you can't see shit even when you see like old football footage is grainy on an HD TV you're like god damn if you were to watch that on an actual old TV you just can't even see the ball <laughs> it's like insane and now you can see the fucking stitches on the ball spinning on a slider going 92 miles an hour it's really cool to watch so i do watch baseball i don't talk a lot of baseball I do kind of reach for some of these sports a little bit right now because there's no NFL and it's been it's rough and then the NBA is going to end soon. So basically, we're going to be talking UFC and Formula One going into the summer, and then once summer starts, NFL news will start picking up. There's already some NFL news. The Deshaun Watson stuff. It's funny. Last week I said it's time to start here talking about Deshaun Watson. Now you're already and it's been on TV. I hear other people talking about him, and it is it, it is time. So we'll see what the NFL does about him. I look forward to tonight. I think. I think Boston gets it done. I really hope Dallas does. My heart is with Dallas. I want to see a guy drag somebody to the finals. I want to see greatness. I just do. Enjoy the game tonight. I'll talk to you guys this weekend. We'll have a Friday night pickums as always. And then on Thursday night, we'll do the, the UFC fight preview and probably some uh, and more NBA talk. Talk to you soon. Later.